This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our sixth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, I'm Superintendent Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the flagship show available every week on video and audio. So for an irreverent but always informative hour of football conversation, make your bank holiday Monday a Blue Bank holiday Monday. Um, Joining me tonight, two of... Blue Monday's human intelligence sources from our anti-corruption unit, D.I. Craig Fimbo, D.I. Joe Fares. And with the three of us here, you must be asking, who's the fourth man? Well, we all know there's only one H in the Blue Monday team, and he's from Bath. So there you go. You can put all your conspiracy theories to bed. It's Harry. Um, Craig, Joe, guys, um, how are we doing? Are you excited as I am for the line of duty finale? Or like a good proportion of the people listening couldn't care less? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's sort of, it has been a TV program. I've, I've watched it from the very start, but it's it's one of the only things which is sort of appointment viewing at the moment. You feel like if you don't watch it on the Sunday night, you miss out. So much so that my wife a couple of times has not been able to watch it with me. So I've had to watch it on my own on the Sunday and then watch it again the next day with her just because I couldn't face being behind for that day in case I hear something or see something I shouldn't somewhere. Greg, are you um, are you making an appointment to view? Yeah, yeah. For the for the those of us, um, obviously this isn't live. Whenever you listen to it on your um, YouTube or pod service, we we pre-recorded these things. Um, so this is this is just an hour or hour and a half prior. So Craig, you're as soon as you, I stop recording, you will be running to the TV. Yeah, well, so yeah, as you say, by the time people have listened to it, they'll know they'll be shouting at their their uh, iPods. Um, who who it is? Um, I, I actually noticed the other day on my Twitter. My muted, like, I've only got like two or three muted words, and two of them are Talking line of duty. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> hashtag line of duty. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait. I, I've, had, I've had to do an awful lot of revision, though, because it all sort of just blends into one after a little while. So, I've had to go back 
look at the recap, not look at them, but you know, read all the recaps of who the hell was who and who was stuck in whose freezer and uh, who had their arms chopped off and things like that. Yeah, to remind ourselves who Tommy Hunter was. And We're up to speed. Do we want to share any theories? Because obviously we, we've not, we don't know what's going to happen. And what what could happen is one of us could look like a freaking genius in 24 <laughs> hours' time if we predict who H is or anything like that. Does anyone, either of you fancy a pun at this? I think it's there's enough, acting, there's enough threads to pull at, isn't there, I think. But yeah. my, my, I, I feel that one of the big three... I, I can't be. It can't be one of the big Steve, three. Or Kate is going to die tonight. That's my, oh. that's my fear. I, I don't think any of them are H. I think that would just be too much yeah. of a kick in the teeth for the fans. It'd be, too much kick in the tea. It'd be too much of a kick and tea for the country if one of those three is H, wouldn't it? Yeah. Christ almighty, it'd be in... Could you admit a day of mourning or something like that? Depression, yes. Yeah, All flags are half-mast. All football fixtures cancelled. Um, so, and, and the, I guess uh, this is a... I, I, I'll say what I was going to say, but this is a really crap segue, and I apologise if it's a bit crass. But we're in the midst of a social media boycott at the moment for very good reasons, obviously to, to make a statement about discrimination and, um, and particularly around football. Um, and that's obviously a really good thing. Um, it's good to not have spoilers as well, by the way, for those of you who can't watch one of straight away. So if, if, if you are joining a few of us, I think, um, all the, all three of us are kind of in some way, um, following suit on, on the wider boycott happening in the program, the blue Monday channel, just to kind of explain our situation is always kind of it's, it's just to push our stuff out there and occasionally retweet useful things so um this we didn't want to kind of make a big song and dance through the blue monday account but i think collectively i think we're all respecting it in our own ways um i'm having a break off twitter which was just good generally i think in life but also i think personally i support it and i think you guys are of a similar thought as well yeah it's 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 a bit of an unsustainable situation at the moment in terms of discrimination not just in in sport but in general on social media it's it's it's, it's getting a bit crazy isn't it? and something needs to happen yeah anonymity yep. is not it's what it needs to somehow work around exactly. isn't it that's, that's what's allowing you know empowering people to say stuff they wouldn't normally say so Actions I, well, and consequences. Just, exactly i'm just glad that we spoiler one yesterday otherwise i'll be taking out my anger on somebody else internally within the household rather than tweeting sarcastic pithy um <laughs> 140, 140 character messages. I was decorating yesterday and listening to the game on on the radio. So, and I actually didn't feel the need to go on and remark about it. So maybe maybe my experience of Twitter might change over time as well. Anyway, let's move on to the news, guys. Um, still plenty um, happening last week. And um, the last of the three lines, Mike Detmer um, spoke to the um, the club um, via the official media outlets um, last week. I can give you some quotes. I mean, Mark Detmer. Um, is a, is a real estate expert, I think, um, and talked a lot about the community. Um, clubs survive, have survived because of the fans and the community that they're in. When we looked at opportunities in England, by far, Ipswich was our favourite. There wasn't even a close second for us. Does that make you feel special and warm and fuzzy inside, Joe? I think it, it does yeah, a little great. bit, doesn't it? I, I don't know if you'd picked up, sorry, leading off that, the interview that Brett Johnson gave quite a long interview on the Price of Football podcast mm. with Kieran Maguire and Kevin Day the other day, and they said how they'd looked at Newcastle previously and they'd looked at a couple of other clubs seriously. But it, it does, like I say, you we obviously hear what we want to hear because it's what it's like. I say it makes us feel better, but it does feel that they do seem to have a genuine belief that Ipswich is a is the right club for them to push on with, and that there is potential here. That and and like I say it's something that we'd spoken about earlier in the season. I think that. 
sort of the supporters and the sort of people who live in the town sort of do downplay the football club and downplay the town and things like that. And like when you spoke to Nick Ames and like I say, there's no reason why we couldn't get into a position where like I say you look at sort of like Leicester, Southampton, there's no reason why we couldn't be a club of that size. We're only an hour from London, sort of decent enough transport links to what is a major metropolis, like 30,000 seat stadium. I know it's not, like I say it's not the biggest stadium in the world, but it is one that even though we're a small town, we could fill this stadium quite easily if we, if we were having success. Like, there's a, there's a lot of potential here and you, you see a lot of clubs with smaller fan bases, smaller catchment areas that have got, got ahead of us, but they still haven't caught us up on that side of things. So I say you see what we've got to go with here. I think it's as well, from, sorry, Rich, from, from a, like an investment perspective, I know this has been gone over before and before, but you can see why they'd be going for Ipswich and you can see why Sunderland, by it's the same token, have recently been purchased as well is because Fingers crossed, we are at our lowest ebb and therefore at a, a very relatively cheap price compared to teams in the Championship and certainly compared to teams in the Premier League like Nor- Norwich, like Newcastle. You know, you, by the time you've paid for Newcastle, by the time you've invested in Newcastle to get them to a mid-table team, you're not getting much money back once you've mm-hmm. once you've sold them. Whereas, at the end of the day, you know, it's going with our eyes open. Yeah, these guys are in it from an investment perspective, so they're going to get the money back if we get promoted once and then certainly get the money back if, we get, if we're getting promoted twice but it, just a quick one as well sorry the site as joe was sort of alluding to there the size of our club you know we do do it down my mate glenn was asking a question the other day about how many english clubs have won a european competition full stop and there are only 11 english clubs who've ever won a european competition and only one of those and only one of those is in league one yeah but, but like i say you look at teams that have had good runs in recent years swansea Cardiff, Bournemouth, 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 but Bournemouth are very smaller. But like, sort of. But then you look at like Brentford are doing what Watford are doing well. None of them have got the sort of history that we have, and have the sort of have the fan base, the catchment area that we we can pick up because we are. Well, I say it's a one county, one club county, isn't it? And I say similar, similar. I know sort of we don't like the comparison there, but Norwich up the road, they're 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 a team that also have that potential that they will sell 30,000 they are the the only show in town like we are and it's just where other, other teams that they're, they're maybe not football in towns or the heritage but we we have that base that we can go from like peterborough secured promotion this week they're, they'll never be as big as us if, if even if they're in the premiership for 10 years they'd come down and they still wouldn't have that potential that we do and whole city they've gone back up but they've had all this success fa cup finals and you go up to watch a whole game and there's about 8,000 people in the yeah. stadium and it's just we're going to have won that as well they? FA Cups mm. and yeah Russia. I mean that's that's where I was going next year when I where I suggested you know Bournemouth look it seems to have tasted mm. Premier League success but has, have, have not grown it and, and have still got quite a small you know Bournemouth is a is, is a footballing club you know so it's always been thought of as a you know well like lower league club got a bit of money got a taste of the Premier League but didn't really do anything with it, did they? They've got nothing to show for that time, and it's and sometimes it comes down mm. to history, but also the lasting impact of of scaling up. And and I don't, I don't you know, Bournemouth fans will correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure there are loads of them listening to this podcast, <laughs> but but it doesn't feel like Bournemouth matters a huge amount apart from to the the ten fifteen thousand people that go to Bournemouth. Whereas and a lot of them are there as a second club as well, aren't they? Potentially, but... So, and but if you you know potentially at Ipswich, you know we've seen that in the in the Premier League and. Season ticket numbers after the relegation from the Premier League, you know, were 
Well, the gates were around 28, 27,000 yeah. eventually. Joe Royals, yeah, Joe, Joe yeah. Royals, the tail end of Joe Royals seasons were so there's, like 28,000, yeah. 29,000 against Wigan and yeah. teams like that. I'd say I'd, I'd put it in the same, the same category as clubs. If you, would, if you were to bracket us with other clubs, you, I'd say Leicester, Southampton, Norwich, Derby, Nottingham Forest, that sort of area, all big clubs. Some of those are, well, Derby might be joining us in League One next season. So it's not that they're all doing well, but it's that sort of, I'd say those six clubs are probably the, or we're in the group of those six clubs, which are the sort of closest to us for sort of history, fan base, potential. And like I say, Leicester are the examples at the very top of that list of how far you can go if you get it right. Mm-hmm. And we're probably at the bottom of it of how far you can drop if you get it wrong, aren't we? So, um, Yeah, Mark Detmer and the three Lions will be open for that Leicester effect, won't they, blimey? Yeah. Um, just finishing on the comments from um, from from my demo that you know the community will be a big aspect for us. I think it's a really important to have that connection with supporters. We need to focus on the youth. Um, our goal is to to get the youth as passionate about Ipswich as so many other generations have been. We work tirelessly for the supporters. We are genuine in what is um, what it is that we're trying to accomplish at the football club. We're all in, and we hope the supporters will be all in on our efforts too. I mean, blimey, if if it just that. You know, those kind of comments coming in, you know, you expect a little bit of PR um, and you expect people to be trying to curry favour and get people on board. But it's relentless. It, it, eventually, you see kind of like there's a little little chink of, in the in the armour where someone says something or throws away a, a comment and you kind of think, uh, maybe they don't mean this. But these guys, the three of them now, pretty consistent with their messaging, aren't they? And it's got to give you confidence and hope, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's, but it's all going to, you know, once we hit 1st of June, whenever... Ashton starts. That's when we're going to start seeing proof in the pudding, isn't it? Really, that's, yeah. that's when we're going to start. You know, seeing if they're backing it up, which I'm, I've got no doubt to no doubt to what they will be. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things with sort of Burke back Burke back eyes interviews with sort of on the Talking Town and Kings of Anglia, where he sort of was saying that if anyone thinks we're going to be in the Premier League in three years, they're dreaming. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's they they seem to have an understanding that there is a this isn't a short-term plan where we can just throw a bit of money at us. Yeah, throw a bit of money at us might get us from League One to the Championship, but ultimately to succeed where they need to succeed is to get us to the Premier League. And they seem understanding that it's not going to be a quick process. I think Brett Johnson is, and Jordan Gardner, who he's involved with, have signed uh, signed something with Central Coast Mariners in the A-League and sort of plan on re- relocating those to the Gold Coast. So it is, these are serious football people and if they get it right here, Ipswich is going to be the cent- the centre of their club network of clubs because the English League is the centre of the world, effectively, in football terms, isn't it? And you've been watching Phoenix, is it, haven't you, Craig? Is it, is it the start? Is it the first game of their new stadium as well? Yeah, yeah, it was the first game of the season and the first game at their new stadium, as you said. I didn't watch it live. I wasn't that mental. But I watched it on... Um, on beam back at, at uh, about ten o'clock yesterday morning, Saturday morning. Um, but I did watch the whole match. It was it was quite an interesting, um, yeah, quite an interesting scenario really. That the ground wasn't. I don't know. I didn't. I meant to check the attendance, but I can't imagine it was half full. Um, and the football it's a it's a strange um, type of football. It's very. I don't know if you, you guys play many like PlayStation games or things like that, but often if you get like some sort of shoot 'em up game. There's a level called arcade level, which is just a little bit looser and a bit easier and a bit less tricky. And it seemed a little they were playing at that level. You know, it's not it, it's not League One, it's not League Two level. I wouldn't suggest um, they're probably conferency type level 
oh, wow. players. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the league. Obviously, it's the league below the MLS. So yeah, it's, but there was a couple of decent players. The crowd were fanatical, but it's it's very much the period about half an hour period of game where one team would attack and then they'd sort of regress. It's like a game of basketball and allow the other team to attack and then they'd have their go attacking. Then they'd have their go attacking. Um, the defence, uh, Landon Donovan was the manager of the opposition. Um, oh, wow. And he's been... I mean, suggest that's Landon, MVP, I assume. Well, yeah. That's the lingo, you know. He, and I'd suggest that if he's listening, I know the Bournemouth fans are listening and the Line of Duty fans are listening, if Landon's listening, <laughs> for God's sake, mate, you need to stop your defenders from playing out from the back because they, they cannot do it. Um, were there any shots in the upper ninety? God, dear! They they were they were trying their best, but they were failing miserably. And Phoenix could have scored could have scored more. Um, they'll, they'll, if that's anything like the standard, they'll walk it. I don't imagine. Well, we'll keep an eye. We'll, some of us will keep an eye. I know there's some cynicism around the linkage to the other clubs, but I've got myself a Phoenix shirt. I, I was going to say, yeah, as I, haven't, well. I haven't gone so, as far as getting the kit yet. I just well, watch you, the I matches, think, you know. I think you've missed band. out on the Macron end of season sale because they're now with Adidas and they're Adidas, yeah. massively expensive. Um, so um, I, I've, I can, I'm, I'm sure we've, we'll find you one. Find you one, Craig. You can be the um, Phoenix Rising UK Supporters Club starting <laughs> right here. Um, let's move it on, guys. Let's get through the news and we can talk about actual football in a second. Um, um, confirmation of the end of the sponsorship with the Rank Group. Um, and they're the public face of the rank group, at least at Ipswich, Magical Vegas, who I've never, ever come across ever since I've seen them on our shirts. Um, but to be fair to them, kindly donated the front of the shirts this season to their charity partner at the Carers Trust. Um, I think every year it got better because he had that mega colourful one the first oh. year. And then they took it to monochrome the year after, and then they just dropped yeah. the name and put Carers Trust on it the year after that. So as a sponsor, I'm sure they've paid their bills. So I think he's got to sort of say... Fair, well, fair play, fair play to them. They they did right by us as part of it. So, but as you say, Rich, who who are still who are they? How who's got a magical Vegas account that they're logging onto and you know putting it all on black or red once a week? Yeah, never come across them before. And now we've got the kind of the speculation. I remember I, the only time I remember excitement around our sponsorship was when we went from Greek King to TXU Energy, and I, and everyone thought we were going to be sponsored by. Adnams or NTL are sponsoring everyone at the time. That's that's how you how you can age it. So if you're expecting some amazing, maybe Ed Sheeran will sponsor it. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it's something a little that bit more mundane. Also, TXU when it ended up with Eon, oh. where at the same time we had the same sponsor as Borussia Dortmund, Dortmund, didn't we? And they sponsored the FA Cup. And as a former employer, I can say it's an excellent company. Um, but it, yeah, the fact that we were getting it was, I think, I don't know where was it from. It might have been front page of the EADT, but you know, it's summer holidays. It kind of uses a little bit more spiky, isn't it? So, um, but you know, here at the Blue Monday podcast, we are in negotiations look, with Ipswich Town to be on the front of their shirts next season. I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to be saying that, Joe. I'd even, I had an even better segue planned, which is if you're looking for good sponsors, our friends, I'm sure, at Favourite Chicken are always available for those kind of opportunities. And they continue, Joe and Craig, to offer Blue Monday subscribers 20% off purchases over £10. In fact, I've got a little banner that I can 
put on for people who are watching us on YouTube because the details will be correct on there. Um, visit um, chicken-ipswich.co.uk, own domain, and use the code BM20 um, at checkout, and you'll get, I think it's 20% off any purchase over £10. So worth a look there. Actually, I think there's another forward slash at Ipswich. I don't know. The details are going across the bottom there. I'm waiting to get my first delivery of that, trying to find the right time. Joe's Joe's got that. Craig's jealous every time we talk about it. Craig, just come drive up the A12 and we'll sort you out. We'll hook you up. <laughs> um, but still, yeah, so there you go. There's favourite chicken. Our friends are favourite chicken there. Um, yeah. Other, Where are you delivering to? I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting in a lay-by just off the A12 <laughs> near Copdock Interchange, yeah? Flash your lights yeah. when you arrive. I'll, fl- I'll flash my headlights and <laughs> knock on the window twice when you turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I had car, uh, seen that car share in my head when you started talking about that. I'm moving on, moving on quickly. Um, I, I, I'll just say these words and you guys can give me a one word reply or a, a facial expression and I, I can play it back for the people who are listening. Um, Jordan Rhodes has been linked with a return to it in, in the summer. Um, how much are we treating that rumour with any seriousness? Craig, I'll start with you. Um, if he's going to reduce his wage demands, I'd imagine he'd need to do that by a, a fair bit. About I don't sixty th- <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, and the rest. I don't think he's he's the centre forward to fit into Paul Cook's formation. I don't believe. And Joe, no, I, I was speaking to this um, with a sort of big follower of the football league whose family supports Sheffield Wednesday and watch them, and they just said all he's all he does is effectively is try and get me in to tap in and score it, but he doesn't seem to have the sort of pace anymore to get there. He doesn't seem to have the bravery anymore to get on the end of chances. He's just just finished, really, as a top-level player. Annoyingly, I, I, there was an article on The Athletic about him, as a, but I, I, I haven't got around to reading it yet. I went to start it this morning, but I didn't actually finish it. I re- I'd read one. Is it, I read one recently. I just put a reference to it, and Alan Lee was in, was interviewed a lot in it. It may well be that one actually. I, I read yesterday or the day before, and Alan Lee was saying that you know he played with him at Huddersfield, um, and he basically just fed off all of his flick-ons, and he did the donkey work for him, and he you know he was a natural in the box and knew where to be, etc. Didn't have any pace, but was always in the right place. Um, but he's, if he's used to playing up with a front two, he's certainly not going to be playing playing up front for us. I no, I, I, think, I think Norwich fans thought very highly of him because I think he was able to just come in and score some important goals and obviously, but I think he, he was expecting to start the season as the main man, but Timu Puku obviously became the main man. So he was able just to fill in and pick up a few goals in his odd appearances. But for somebody who scored so many goals in the last three seasons, he's sort of just been a bit part player wherever he's been, hasn't he? And I think it's just... So I, I don't think he's the right man for us personally, but we'll see. And then he was probably in Norwich because he was trolling us. Let's be let's let's be honest about it as well. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes. Well, I've, I've got I've got kind of got Graham Blackburn in my ear going kind of what might have been with Jordan Rhodes and mm. Roy Keane not being. Um, anyway, anyway, that's a, that's a, we've done that one before. Um, also, quick uh, that span out maybe three minutes longer than I was expecting it to. Supporters Club. Um, Finally, uh, last bit of proper news um, of running their Player of the Year vote, having um, suspended it last season because of COVID. Um, I mean, this is I've, I've, this is one of the last things I tweeted about before the the boycott. It just seems a little bit. Well, folks are going to react to it in a negative way, and I wonder whether it's kind of worth the hassle or not. We'll find out. Chat of protest votes and so on. Um, do we have any thoughts of who might win it in if we weren't to do a protest vote? I guess we've got a question from um, Steve Lewis about that. In fact, let me ask the question. With I've, the player of the awards listed, who do you go for? Do you go for a protest route 
that seems to point to Baggett or somewhere else. I personally don't see the need for the supporters club to apologise for having to put on a player, player of the year vote. Oh, we had a player of the year vote in 94, 95. We had one when we got relegated in 85, 86, was it? Or 86, 87. It's just, it's just that ultimately, however bad the team is, there is a, there is a player that's the best player of the season for one reason or another, whether it's a young person who's done well, whether it's a player who's come back from injury and held his position down, whether it's someone who's got a few goals. So, so I'm, I'm not worried. I personally, I voted for Andre Dezel. I just thought somebody who has come back from that big injury has missed a lot of football and has played week in, week out this year. And he's had some good games. Yeah, he's had some games where he's not been so good. He's, so I'm not saying he's had a brilliant season, but he's, he's probably been my favourite player to watch this season when he's done things. I know someone I spoke to said they're fighting for Teddy Bishop because he's had a good start to the season, scored a few goals, kept his place in the team, has come back from the big injuries and managed to nail down a place and that's an achievement. I say, I, I don't think it needs to be one of those things that's looked into too much. Just pick the play you've most enjoyed watching and move on. I don't think the, I don't think the protest votes do anyone a favour because... I say if Elkin Baggett to win, it's it, it, an awkward position. Yeah, it? like people think it's funny and stuff like that. But for Elkin Baggett, who's played one game, and that if if he were to by some miracle win it, it I, I, I just think it's. If I were the supporters club, I'd probably discount his votes and just give it to the person who came second. Well, they, they, there's no reason why they couldn't have just had a minimum appearance. You know, no, rather than having yeah. an entire list of fifty professional stroke semi-professional players just reduce it down to you know people who played five matches or more or ten matches yeah. or more or something like that <clears throat> it's, 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 yeah it's, it's admin isn't it that just little details like that that might that avoids situations which you know the the club and or the supporters club are now going to have to to manage there I'd, I'd have backed bishop for me um but the protest vote for me is to not vote at all you know that you know craig have you any different names you want to lob in the hat I've, I have also I have also voted, and if Mullet's listening, Andre Dezel's got at least two votes because I voted for him as well. Absolute disgrace, currying favour with our Northern correspondent. Good. Well, use your vote wisely, and if you must make a statement, make the statement by not voting at all is what I would say. Um, I've got two Ipswich matches to talk about, guys, in a little bit more detail than um, – than maybe normal because we haven't got too many questions. So, um, but Friday night is possibly the highlight of the Ipswich Town season for me. And the first team weren't even involved um, as the under 18s progressed to the FA Youth Cup semi finals um, after beating Sheffield United 3 2 in extra time. They will play Liverpool. And Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, Sheffield United are a category one, category Academy. two. Category two as well, but Ipswich will be the only Category two academy left in the semi-final stage. Effectively. Yeah, and the only EFL team. And the only well, there you go. And better. at this stage, we were the only team that started the competition in the first round, as opposed to the third round because we we're in League One. And you guys watched it as well, yeah? Yeah, no, so, really enjoyed the game. What a game. What a cracking yeah. game. It was and an incredible game, wasn't it? Yeah. When you were kind of talking about Phoenix Rising in the USL, Craig, I was kind of, it was similar. It was possibly a little bit more sustained kind of periods of dominance for both teams, but it did kind of ebb and flow back and forth, didn't it? And punctuated kind of at the start and partway through the second half with some really serious stoppages, both teams going for it and Poor Anthony Ball. Have we have we heard any more about his injury, Joe? You kind of we have collided. Listened. It was kind of like a neck injury that he sort of had a cut on the back of his neck or something like that, wasn't it? So it's difficult to know exactly what what happened. But obviously, sort of best wish best wishes to Anthony and 
sort of hopefully Anderson, he makes a quick it? recovery. Yeah, he, he's um, player. Yeah, Anderson wasn't it? Yeah, but um, Bort had he he missed quite a big chunk of the season with a back injury as well. So hopefully it's not a reoccurrence of that, and hopefully he's someone that is not sort of any worse because I think he's one of the players that has been offered a professional contract. I think right. I think nearly all the sort of second years that played on Friday have had a offer of a professional contract. So hopefully he can come back if he's not back for the end of this season, ready for pre-season next year, ready to go. I mean, it was uh, some end-to-end stuff and some really excellent chances. I mean, Agbaje had kind of a, an effort really close in where he should, he probably should have got on target at the right back. Um, Armin hit the bar. Asula probably has a goal if Cameron Stewart doesn't make a, an amazing block. Um, and a really nicely taken goal from Valentine right at the start of the second half um, to give Tan the lead. And then Asula, I thought I was quite impressed with him, quite a physical presence up front for Sheffield is that, United. Yeah, play well. Number Just 10. as a thing, like Valentine and Jared Buabo, both our strikers were still schoolboys. They're still under 16 players. Say Valentine was so that's young, a real, it? yeah, that's a real sort of good effort from those two to to sort of be in the semi-final of the Youth Cup when you're having to start two under 16 players up front for you and real effort. But Nico Valentine has been in England youth camps previously. He's, he's one that's very highly thought of and his brother is a sort of, I think he's like a top division rugby player, his brother. Well, and and talk to us about Agbaje because a lot of the ball went down the right hand side, didn't it? And mm. very physical presence got up forward. Got you know, is, is he one that potentially might well, get an opportunity? Jay? He's he's someone. He's he's a, he's a first year scholar. He's only someone that's come over this year. But he's Irish and Irish under seventeen international. But I think when he first came over, he was seen more as a sort of when he's played for Ireland, he's played more of a central midfielder and as a striker. And it's and it's this year that he's sort of actually been playing as a right back for us, but sort of the, he's so advanced isn't he the whole time he gets up and down the pitch so well it really really reminiscent of sort of Josh Emmanuel the way he sort of played for the under 18s and sort of really sort of strong and physical in the final third as well as sort of being good enough on the ball to pick the right passes when he gets there but no he he, he was he's been really impressive he was really good against in one of the earlier rounds I think it was a Swindon game I thought he played really well against I think when he scored the opening goal but he's, he, he's been a real revelation this year um Go on, Craig. I was going to say the Sheffield United right back was similar though, wasn't he? He was, he was pretty much their main attacking outlet. Yeah, he was crusty. He was in our box more than he was in in, in his own, wasn't he as well? Uh, we, we talked about the kind of stoppage in the in the second half. Um, Gibbs and Anderson, it was who kind of clashed, and I think Anderson hits the the, the advertising hoardings, and yeah. and this has to be taken it's off. And, and straight away, doesn't he? But then obviously was struggled. Yeah. From there, and, so. and, and Sheffield United kind of reacted best out of that, which kind of caught cold a little bit. And it's Brooks, who's a kind of downward volley, kind of that bounces into the turf a couple of times and, and goes past the kind of the subkeeper Rid, who possibly could have done better, but may have been unsighted. On and then, the um, on the um, I follow on the website, there's actually a 18 minute inside match day video, and you can see that goal from behind the angle, and you can ah, just see he's totally okay. unsighted. There's a really good angle of it there. Okay. Because the Sheffield United angle season. is, yeah, it's from the yeah. Tanya or the Cup, whatever it is, and and it looks like he should get it, but um, yeah, I, you must have thought it was mitigating circumstances there. Forty minutes out of time, um, and and into that, um, Elkenbagger, who to me stood out as just the most cultured player on the on the park, you know, sitting in the centre of defence, spraying passes around. But to me, the player who, who you know, as well as Baggett, who I hadn't heard of, and um, was Humphreys, who who set piece delivery, particularly the corner that Baggett scored from. I thought he was excellent, and he's involved in the winning goal as well. But um, talk to us about him as well, Joe. The, the, that kind of 
talks about Badger in the right, but I quite liked Armin and Humphreys down the left-hand side. Yeah, um, Humphreys is someone I hadn't seen this year, and I, there's a guy I know who I speak to who gets to, who's able to get to a lot of the games by sort of virtue of his job, not working for the club, but working external. And he just said Humphrey. Every, every time I've seen him, I've said he said like Humphreys is the main man. He's the one that the bigger clubs are going to want. He's he's sort of been really really good this year and. One of my friends has been able to get in a f- photograph the last couple of games. And I said, sort of keep an eye out for Humphreys. Is he, what's he doing? I just keep hearing so much about him, but he said he's not really been up to that much. These were under 23s games maybe, but I say, if, if you think he started that game at left wing back, then he sort of became sort of left midfield, then sort of left of a diamond. He played so many different roles in his delivery on sort of all the, all the goals. It was his ball down to Gibbs that sort of got him in for the first goal, obviously his corner for the second, his cross for the third. He had two shots, one off each foot, which the keeper struggled to deal with. He, he was just really, really sort of positive on the ball, but very efficient in, in his use with it as well, off both feet. And he was a player that got the, drew the foul for the red card. He was very, very much involved in everything. And you know, like you said, him and Albie Armand down there have formed a really good partnership. And those two, who were both first years, they were really impressive. Very cultured on the ball. Um, and, and, you know, the entertainment continues into into the time. I mean, prior to that, we'd, we'd hit the bar again. I think Bello hit, hit the bar, possibly leading up to that. And you, as you mentioned, Ayari sent off pretty dangerous foul on Humphreys. No debate about that was there, guys. And then, and to be fair to, you know, the the, the town under-18s stayed patient. You know, at that point, it's possible to, you know, everyone rushes forward and Sheffield United did get in once and kind of, it was a real nervy moment, um, but deserved the goal, Craig. When it arrived, albeit in fortunate circumstances, um, Colin and he didn't have a great night, poor kid. No, he lost it into the, his own net, but yeah, he lost Baggett for the header, didn't he? He lost Baggett for the header, then turned it into his, uh, as you say, into his own net, poor sod. So yeah, not one great friend. Deserved. Yeah, I was going to say, just going back to that sending off. My God, I, using a cricket analogy, he played in the wrong line there, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, he like he totally lost lost track of the ball, didn't he? And yeah, he just went straight for the man. Did the ball was about. A half a yard to to the right, wasn't he? Just completely cleaned him out. I, I wonder whether he was almost like trying to block something. And when he Humphreys lost the ball, he went the wrong way because it, 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 it didn't look like there was any sort of malice in the tackle. It just looked like he slid in the wrong direction, and he sort of tried to pull out of it, but was just couldn't by the time he got there. It like I said, it and there was no complaints. He sort of went straight off. It, it yeah. just seemed something sort of seemed to happen, which sort of affected it and lost the line of it. Just, like I say, just unfortunately for him, went off. It's the 100th minute of action, my guys, with about 20 minutes of stoppages. So you can forgive, I guess, some youth players for a lapse of concentration and, you know, it's people cramping up left, right and centre, wasn't there? Um, but I don't know about you, but when that goal went in, the third goal, I cheered watching it on my phone at home um, and I've not cheered too many Ipswich goals on. on <laughs> I, did, I did the same in the um, earlier round of the Youth Cup when they played Fulham and they were 2-0 down and won it with a last minute. And probably the two goals I've celebrated the most as an Ipswich fan this season, probably the two sort of 3-2 winners in the Youth Cup. And I say, it's a, it's a shame that it was an own goal because I think if the defender missed it, Bello was right on the spot and Armand was right behind him. And it just shows the fitness of these guys well I know Bello had been a sub at Armin who'd started the game at left centre back had gone left back was standing on the other side of the six yard box in the 119th minute when there'd been 33 minutes of stoppage time across the first half and the second half to still be going there is sort of an incredible testament to sort of how sort of how well prepared they were and how well they played I was going to say Adam Marte is 
the, the team looked really well drilled and and he, he was very eloquent and you know paid tribute to Sheffield United because it was, it's, it's a shame that a team has to lose in a fixture like that you know it's glad that it's Ipswich and it could have gone either way at times but I, I was really impressed with how he spoke and Gary Robertson Paul Cook got involved in celebrations um do you know what's your kind of take on Adamate Joe is he is he one that might you know have progressed through the the ranks at in the coaching at the club do you think well, it seems like he's very highly rated there. I think it was, I think Kieran Dyer worked with him previously at the 18s when he was assistant and now obviously Dyer's with the under 23s. But one thing that I'd heard about Dyer and the Ate was just that they really drilled their guys in in fitness and competitiveness. Really, they, they really pushed that. And maybe it's something that the first team has not had this year with the sort of strength and conditioning coach being away. But these guys are seriously, seriously fit, and that, that gets you a long way. That gets you a long way in these, in these games. Yeah, and like I say you listen to the interview with Adam, and he obviously clearly massively cares, was massively proud of his players and the achievement. And I say, what, why shouldn't he be? That's not a. That's not a. Like I say you, you look at the you look at the team that's put out there, and there's a hell of a lot of players there that are first year players. Like I said earlier, two schoolboys up front, and it's just you're really, really. You're really doing well then. We started three at the back. We obviously went to four at one point. I think it sort of was four four two, then sort of a diamond, and it was a really fluid formation. And but every, everyone seemed to know their roles. When I thought Gibbs and Humphreys worked really well together, sort of when one of them was going, the other one was sitting in for them. Again, the same sort of arm in on the left and Humphreys. There was just a everyone seemed to know their roles there. And when you, when you sort of follow the youth teams closely, you realise that there's there's quite a lot of change game to game between between these teams because people are going up to the 23s, people are dropping down and going up. And to be able to get that level of understanding when it's not a team that is regularly playing together is sort of shows a, shows a real good leadership and good coaching and good players as well. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
And and he and he spoke about adaptability in his post match, Craig. Um, and you know what an experience for these players at such an early stage to go through a fixture like that. But now to face Liverpool at Portman Road, you know, I think the game. I think the game has to be played before the fifteenth of May. 15th, It'd be great yeah. if some fans are in the ground as well, wouldn't it? Well, at least the, the family, the families can get there, isn't it? If they can get a few, somehow get the mums and dads in there or something like that it'd be it'd be nice wouldn't it just to wangle it somehow i don't know if they can or they can't but it's just nice to see a team playing with a bit of freedom with no fear you know it's something that we've all watched too many times with the with the first team isn't it that uh, so it's just nice to see some some kids playing how we want the first team to play and it's what you're saying about um adam getting the just that the atmosphere around the team when you when you looked at the celebrations afterwards in the change room he was like dragging people in getting them involved in the celebration stuff when you know someone someone one of the kids arrived late come on let's start again he's here now sort of pushed him in and it's just a real great togetherness jason does in there as well jason him. There, yeah. and paul cook you know he's a he's a liverpool season ticket holder still you know no split loyalties for me, he said. Um, there you go. I chucked it in there. For those of you waiting, 37th minute, you had to wait for that. I was going to do the intro, and then I came up with loads of on the duty stuff. I haven't practiced the key change, but I'll save that for another day. Um, question from Dale Ellis. Joe, just to lob this in before we move on to Swindon. Um, with Joe's Academy Lodge, any players he thinks would fit perfectly into Cook's system? Not necessarily ready now, but over the next year. Craig, I'm also keen to hear your thoughts on this one. Is there if any players st- um, stuck out for you, but but Joe, particularly considering Cook's kind of four-two-three-one type system, um, any thoughts on players that have you got eyeing up? Well, for, for, <clears throat> sorry, from what I understand, it he's been very impressed with Elkin Baggett so far. In that, he's a player that is one that stays behind after the training, works hard in the gym. He's one that is sort of doing everything he can to make it as a professional footballer. Which I think Cook has been disappointed in this in the squad that there hasn't been that same level of drive. He's one of the few that is sort of doing that in the club. So. I've I've heard if like I said I don't know quite know the situation with this Kings Lynn loan that whether he can play for us this year and I think I think if he can play for us he will play in one of the last three games is what I understand so okay. that'd be that'd be great if that is the case but I think you look at the, you look at the two fullbacks Akbaj on the right and Albi Armin on the left two two players that just got up and down all game whilst being solid defensively and also getting in the box getting in the box that's key Cameron Humphreys again probably similar to Gary Roberts in the lower leagues really not a huge amount of pace or physicality but just real good quality on the ball in the final third when he needed it but probably is still a still a little way off but yeah I think I think Elkin Baggett is the one that is going to be the next one off the block did he stand out for you as well Craig former FM scout obviously so you know <laughs> credentials there, but yeah. Any any players kind of catch your eye that we haven't mentioned yet? Or I don't think so. Just same same as you, Rich. Really, I say Baggett was physically head and shoulders above most of the team, most of these teammates, wasn't he? I, I, I say he just stuck out a bit of a sore thumb. Um, it's quite funny that they're they're at that age, aren't they? As Joe said, there's some young kids playing for them that when they're walking off the pitch, you got some of them going over to hug Elkin Baggett. They're coming up to his navel, aren't they? Playing in the playing in the same team as him. He's Probably towers over Mikey, let alone uh, these sixty-year-old kids he's playing with. He's two-footed as well, though. I was, I was noticing that he was whenever he was kind of when he was pressed from one of the forwards or a solo was on him, he turned back and passed back the other way. And you know, that attribute is so underrated yeah. for from a footballer, particularly growing through the you know. But it makes it makes life so much easier. He looks so calm on the ball, but anyone else would have would have made a mistake in those situations. I'm sure. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, mate. It would just be very interesting to see how his career progresses. You know, does he 
you know, because he, he'll, he'll have offers galore, won't he? Coming through, it's just inter- an interesting decision to be made, I'm sure, for himself in the next year or two. Yeah, fingers crossed he gets the first team. It, it's, it's, it's up to us to give him the pathway here. That, like I say, we're in the driving seat for keeping him, aren't we? And it's just up to us to make sure we do the right things to ensure that we do so. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the players that are making the centre back positions their own at the moment as we go to the Swindon lot little slugs no personality um it's uh, largely unchanged well there's three changes um Kenlock comes in for Stephen Ward um interpret that how you will um Dobra comes in um Norwood is in and is made captain which I think had I been on Twitter might have gone <laughs> some interesting responses Craig does this feel like when you make the kid that plays up in the classroom the milk monitor the guy takes the registers to reception is it responsibility might bring out the better in him or something else um yeah possibly i had no real issue with it to be perfectly honest um if he's going to score two goals every time he's made captain then i've got no issues with it and he and he is one of hawkins looking for certain characters now let's 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 separate off field to on field characters for a minute um, when he's on the field, you know he's on the field. You know that he wants to win, and he'll he will fight tooth and nail to try and win a game of football. And you know, don't need to be reading between the lines too much in Paul Cook's recent post-match analysis and comments to know that he doesn't necessarily see that in a lot of the team that's playing. So, I so say I've got no issue with him um, being captain. Um, as you say about Ward not playing, you probably you probably can read a fair amount into the the starting 11 that we're still playing McGuinness and Wolfenden as, as centre-halves and having our, pre, our two most senior centre-halves on the on the bench. Cole Skewed watching, uh, watching Cole you play Salford on a Saturday afternoon. Yep. And, um, yeah, well, I was going to mention the thing in London, but I'm not going to not even mention I'm going to, I've tracked it in there, thought about it, moving on. Um, yeah, Chambers on the bench, as you mentioned, along with um, Parrot comes back in a harrop as well. Um, Swindon relegated last week after defeat to MK Dons. Um, a couple of changes for their caretaker boss, Tommy Wright. Um, Hunt and Missalu come in. Um, I've got the lineup here. Actually, I'll put that up on the screen. Um, Sofa score reckon it's a 4-4-2. I wasn't really paying a huge amount of attention there. The only thing I would draw attention to is Brett, the Pitman Hart, who takes his position up front, along with Scott Twine, who we might remember from the previous fixture at Portman Road, when I he think, scored from 40 yards. I think, Brett, we're talking about the um, fitness and conditioning coach not being in the club at the moment. I, I think Brett Pittman's fitness and conditioning coach is also AWOL. <laughs> it feels like he could stroll around and do what he wants, but um, Lee Camp's in goal for Swindon. You can still find him if you go looking hard enough. Do, um, do you know Lee Camp is the only p- person with more championship minutes than Luke Chambers? As of who is still playing at the moment? No, it's in oh. the championship full stop ever. Ever. Since wow, it became the championship, yeah. Oh, since, okay, fine, okay. That's when football started, you know. Mm. Um, nice good set, though. Interesting. Um, we'll, we'll kind of chat through the action very briefly. I mean, I was more interested in the under-18s, which is why, as you can tell, we're 42 minutes in and only just talking about the match from Saturday. Um, but it sounded like a pretty ropey start from my... Um, painting and decorating and listening to it on Radio Suffolk, which is now a perk that I get having moved back into the county, is I don't have to listen to the internet and Pat, is it Pat Murphy's voice who says, well, this is a this is a 
this game is banned. You're not allowed to listen to this on the internet because we <laughs> it's 2021 and we haven't figured out how to sort the rights out yet. Um, like Mike Yarwood, mate, all these impressions that you're oh, doing. Oh, man, I, coming to an after As a speech. for the kids. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking Alistair McGowan, but it's a good thing you added in Russian. It, it looked like a bit of a ropey start. It sounded like it as well. Um, 60 minutes to Zell with a loose chest trap, and it's robbed by Payne, who's let in Pittman, and it's kind of typical kind of Pittman effort, quite languid in yeah. his style. Threads it just wide, but a let off there. Should have got on target. You'd back him there, wouldn't you? Um, and I mean, this is a good move here. Town grow into it as the first half goes on. Downs ball into Nord, who's kind of being um, marshaled by two or three defenders, and he lets it run through. Bishop is smart, continued his run. Um, and Joe, it, it feels like he's got three options here dink it, take it around the keeper, or hit it early. And he kind of does none of them really. Keep coming. I think he takes it relatively. It's a, it's a decent save, isn't it? I don't think he made the keeper work as, as hard as he should have done. But it was still a good run, decent effort, good save. I'd say. I think Main it's just harsh. decent football all round. Oh, it's Ian a good Atkins, move. Don't get me wrong. Ian Atkins was on the commentary, wasn't he? he was you know, good. And in, yeah, in between calling us Northampton for most of the first and half, do, and talking about Division One as well, which really grinds my gears. But he said that he should have probably just taken. You know, a, a more natural goal scorer may have just. Taking it round in Parrot would have probably taken it round if he'd been playing in the same position. Possibly. And hit the post or something stupid. Um, 30 minutes. Kenlock, um, very busy yesterday. Um, and certainly a good advert for him. Another one of his good performances. Um, in absolute acres down the left. Pings across in. Edwards narrowly misses it. And Joe Dobra, your man at the back post. Um, all time, all kinds of time and space. And again, it hits a really firm low shot, but it's not even on, on target. He looked very disappointed, and so did the bench. Yeah, drag, drags it a little bit, doesn't he? But I say it's, it's it's nice to see the ball land at the feet of one of our attackers in the box to have a shot, isn't it? Bodies forwards, exactly right. And, and, and there, was, there was, was four or five of them in there, wasn't there, that, at that time? And Yeah. Well, hold that thought. I'll, I'll come back to that kind of at the end, because um, it was a day of clear-cut chances. I mean, caveat that by the opposition is, is newly relegated and has hasn't got a manager, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Got the worst defence um, in the EFL. There you go. Um, Forty minutes. Kenlock and Dazel kind of combining down the left hand side. The latter, um, lovely for once, a lovely floated cross from Dazel that actually finds its target. And Vincent Young, it is careening in on the right hand side. He's taken some really good attacking positions there. But and, and Camp is kind of spread eagle and and stops the header. It's kind of a diving header from Vincent Young, which you don't see too many often. When was the last time you saw a diving header? Goal, Flynn anywhere. Scored. Flynn Down scored one against... Oh, crap, Joe. Yeah, was it Leeds, was it? Oh, there you go. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. In a while. Long it, oh, no, it was against Shrewsbury last year, wasn't it? I think he scored one. Um, yeah, now I'm thinking about diving header goals. Um, put that... I was going to say stick it in the comments on the YouTube video, <laughs> but when was the... Yeah, favourite diving Matt header Holland goal. Matt scored one, didn't he, from about 14 it, yards? Yeah, I mean, starts that one from Sunderland, which kind of bounced up and it was a well-taken one. But Tam will go into the um, half-time in front. Um, Vincent Young bringing the ball into the area, threads it through to Bishop. It's a bit of a clumsy lunch from grounds. And we're about to score our first goal in 663 minutes or 11 hours, Craig. And our um, first your, penalty of the season. Is it, and um, what's your take on Norwood's penalty technique? <laughs> no. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't strike it particularly cleanly. Just thinking about diving headers. Steve Whitten scored one in uh, against Brighton, May nineteen ninety two. They get the the last game of the season. Mm. There you go. And um, he also put a decent cross in for one as well, didn't he? If I remember rightly. Yeah. Johnson. Sorry, keep going. Swindon. Um, Norwood penalty. Stuck it down the middle. 
Yeah, well, it, it, it started off with Kay, with Vincent Young, didn't it? Getting in the box again, as you were saying. He was done a couple of step overs and got in the box. It broke to Bishop, and it was a pretty stonewall penalty. When he, I think the guy who took him down got taken off at half time, didn't he? The centre half, I believe. As a grounds. Yeah, yeah, grounds. There was, there was definitely grounds to taking him off. Wasn't there? Um, yeah, and and got an end of turn field today, isn't it? A little bit. I didn't Keep think going. Norwood hit it particularly well, to be fair. He sort of just scuffed it, scuffed time, it down it? the middle, didn't he? Um, but, you know. There you go. Good. I'll move on. <laughs> 53 minutes. Downs in. Um, Downs fires over from Dobbers. Pull back. Uh, 58 minutes. Um, Ipswich continuing to create chances. Um, and it's even better, Joe, when the opposition fashion them for you. What is Scott Twine, who scored an absolute rocket in the home game doing here. He does it does it really well to win the ball back. Yes. And then turns into Jermaine Wright and then total brain farts after that. It's just so lazy, isn't it? It's just such a lazy ball back. And Norwood, like all you can say is fair play to Norwood for reacting. He's there, he's sharp, he's he's on he's on the sort of looking for it and it's a really, really poor bit of defending though and giving the ball back. But yeah, like I say fair play to Norwood, he jumps in, he scores, deserves a goal for being alert like that. But I think you could. I think Norwood could do that a hundred times, and he'd be lucky to get one goal from it. It was it was that poor, but but Norwood was, actually started his run before, before before Twine had passed it, didn't he? Yeah. And if yeah. you believe some of the rumours, they'll be you know they may well be combining like that next season. Who knows for Ipswich or for, for Ipswich? Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, but yeah, oh, I agree with Norwood you. Swindon. Yeah. Okay. Twine's yeah, Twine's out of contract. Is he? Okay, well. That's a good advert at Portman Road, wasn't it? But I agree with you, Craig. I mean, fair play to Norwood, yes, but Twine should be able to see that Norwood has already thought, oh, he might pass this back to Keeper. But <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, was, I thought the Jermaine Wright pirouette, a.k.a. Jermaine Wright against Arsenal, I thought I, I enjoyed that. Um, the Parrot comes on um, and he has a shot when he really should pass for Dobra. 72 minutes, though, um, Craig. And yeah... Garrick, I think it is, who gets in down the right and pulls it back to Pittman. Our goalkeepers have split the supporters a lot this season. I've been a little bit critical, despite rumours in the press, not overly critical of Thomas Holy. I was hoping that David Cordell would come in, Di Cordell would come in and, and impress. He was all right last week, but this is a bit of an aberration, isn't it? Is he unsighted? We do, need, do we need an inside, inside Ipswich Town? <laughs> inside really Matt's debut. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't look particularly particularly unsighted. Um, you say they've, sp- they've split the supporters. Is it people can't decide which one's worse? Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. Holy's kept 16 clean sheets this season, hasn't he? And I thought Cornell's done okay when he's played, but neither, neither of them fill you with, despite both having a decent record, I think you'd, I think you're you're looking at those two are battling out as who's going to be the number two next year. Yeah, neither neither will be start. No, no, no. He just shoveled it in, didn't he? It's just terrible. You can't you can't even make an excuse for it, can you? No, I, I feel sorry for the bloke because I thought he did well last week, and if he could have built up a bit of confidence over the last few games, but I say it's just it happens, doesn't it? Well, obviously, obviously, you know, Paul Cook doesn't rate him because he's waited this long to to put him in. To the to the starting eleven, doesn't he? So you know, as Joe says, one or the other will be on the bench. I would have thought come August. And the other one out? Do you think? Yeah, Greg? Yeah, yeah, they won't. They can't. They can't afford squad squad size wise. They can't afford to have three over twenty year old goalkeepers, can they? In the squad. Second thing that grinds my gears was Paul Lambert's um, 
you know, his, his weird thing of having two first-team goalkeepers. No, not for me. Not in League One. Mick one McCarthy did. Mick McCarthy did it really. Oh, in the championship. Only, only once Bart really took took over Eddie Gherkin, but I think there was sort of a long time where they were sort of neck and neck, really, wasn't it? I can I, I don't mind it in the championship so much, and I I can't imagine Gherkin was on the same money as Bart was, for example. But in League not One, it just, felt, just felt like a massive luxury to me. Um, and yeah, I. I wouldn't be surprised to see one or both of them shoved to one side anyway. Um, let's let's finish off the game and um, go and watch Line of Duty. Um, down uh, the, pen, the second penalty, um, Craig, I'll come back to you because I wanted to, I set you up for the first penalty so you can talk about the second one. Um, Downs plays in Parrot. It's a pretty bad foul by Curran. Um, talk to us about this. Technique. He doesn't look happy, does he, when he's walking up to it for a start? No, well, you couldn't, you couldn't really see what was happening because on the commentary... Um... Brennan was saying, oh, Parrot's got it. Yeah, Parrot's got it. Parrot's put it on the spot. And the, camera wasn't, yeah. the camera wasn't really looking at them, so you couldn't really tell what was happening. But Norwood obviously pulled rank and you know, no problem with him taking the penalty. He's got two goals and scored one. But as you say, he just never really looked confident and did not hit the bloody target. We Obviously, it wasn't as wide as Mark Brennan's back in the day for viewers of a certain age. But it's just awful. His technique and his... His um his record isn't great for us, isn't Penny? Is he no scored Peterborough away? Did he, I remember. Did he, did he, he missed against Sacrington early against the season, didn't he? he missed against yeah. Sacrington earlier this season, and then obviously scored against Peterborough. He scored a couple after that Peterborough one, but they were they were sort of like just low scuffed penalties down the middle that the keeper didn't get enough behind. They weren't they weren't good penalties that he scored previously. Like I say, I, I thought yesterday's one, the first one was a good penalty. It's, it's like he's he's given the keeper the eyes and just. Rolled essentially, but he's not a striker that fills me with confidence when he steps up to the spot. Would you take the penalties off him now, Craig? Um, I'd like or to. Would know. you just drill him? No, no, no. I think well, well, he's got. Exactly, exactly. Can no one else strong enough to kick it that hard? That far? Keenan Bennett can, but he might not. Not in the right yeah. direction. But we he want can him on target. Yeah, we want him lever on the ball. Well, Josh Harrop yesterday. That was a good one. Yeah, stayed in the I stadium. Wasn't gonna just. That. I wasn't going to mention that. Um, so yeah, so missed the opportunity for a first hat trick for Ipswich for Norwood. A first hat trick for Ipswich if anyone since Grand Wars against Barnsley was it um, at the start of the seventeen eighteen season? I think it was um, last captain to score a hat trick for Ipswich as a as a stat for stat. Oh. That'd have been a good one, wouldn't it? Oh, do you know? Oh, you do you not know the answer? No, no. Oh, there you go. We'll put that well, one out there. Nothing, so there's no need to no need to look it up. Okay. Um, and that's your, that's your lot. Parrot gets in and can makes another save. Um, and that's the first win since Bristol Rose a month ago. Cook's, per, Cook's first win proper, ignoring the Atkinson game. Playoffs mathematically no longer possible, as if they were possible anyway prior to that. Um, but, uh, guys, I'll just put the stats up on the screen um, and I'll read them out. Um, 55% possession, 17 shots, six of which are on target. Um, six corner kicks, etc. Big chances, six. Big chances missed, four. Um, is that the first time, admittedly, uh, you know, I've caveated it, I'm talking about the opposition, but the first time where we've seen maybe something click a little bit in terms of Cook's style of play. Joe, you've been quite critical of the impact that Cook hasn't really had so far. Do you take anything away from this winning game or is it just, a you know, opposition on the beach, down relegated, etc. or any confidence built? I think the the confidence for me was seeing sort of Miles Kenlock and sort of Kane Vincent Young as the two fullbacks really, really pushing on. And that is what we've sort of heard about with Cook, that it is going to be, 
your fullbacks play as auxiliary, auxiliary wingers, effectively. And whilst I don't think Ken Locke is the answer there, I think he's I think he's shown enough that he can be a good reserve left back there. And if we could get somebody better than him there, th- th- those two fullbacks are gonna that's what they, they're going to cause teams problems. And it it did seem that we are starting to function a little bit more in a four two three one as opposed to what we had been earlier in the sort of earlier in Cook's reign and when he sort of tried to mix it up and go with different things. I, I think James Norwood makes a massive difference to us as a team. He sort of knits everything together. But I say it, it was a fullback for me. Like I say the difference between Miles Kenlock and Stephen Warden in the attacking sense is just night and day, isn't it? Yeah, you were talking to us on the Fabled Blue Monday WhatsApp group about Norwood's stats, goals per game, per minutes that he's played. It's not bad, actually, is it? And you know, we like to do him down. Top, top of five his, in the league, really, for for, Atlantics, but. for sort of goals goals and assists or sort of goals per 90 minutes played in the league. He is he's right up there with anyone else in this league. And I think he was last year as well. He's, he's effectively a one-in-two striker, but it's just our... I know people aren't massive fans of expected goals, but any stat like that just rises exponentially when Norwood is on the pitch compared to when he's not. So it's just a case that it's just a shame. And I think, I think if he was being honest with himself, I think he could probably, he'd probably admit that he hadn't done enough sort of to be in the right sort of shape physically throughout this season. But it's just a shame he's played 1,400 minutes because if he'd have played another eight, nine, ten games and scored another four or five goals, we'd probably be sitting here thinking we've still got a shot at the playoffs here, but we don't. We're out of it. We don't. It's Craig, quite, did you, quite, quite, yep. No, I say it's quite interesting. He, I'll, I'll talk about the game in a sec, but he, in his post-match interview, he said himself, hasn't he, he's got a, a regime for this pre-season, this summer, to come back fit for next year. Well, I said the last time I was on the pod, he just looks a different... He looks a different specimen to he did when he played for Tranmere, didn't he? he just mm. he's broader. He's he's just bigger. Um, so he he needs, as Joe says, he needs to have a decent preseason, come back firing, because at the moment Paul Cook simply can't hang his hat on him being available each match, and that's what he needs. There's no point in being available for three, tweaking a hamstring, being off for three, coming back being okay for three. It's just it's just no use to anybody. Um, just a quick one from yesterday. Completely agree with Joe about the the fullbacks. Um, obviously, Vincent Young seems to sort of cut in a bit more than Kenlock does when the ball's on the other side of the pitch. Then your Kenlock's but in, in a straight open line. play. Kenlock seems to get involved more centrally in open play. I find, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does, and he cut in a lot of times, didn't he? Actually, towards the right, towards the middle of the pitch a few times. Um, but I thought Downs played well yesterday. Downs' distribution was good yesterday. He was pinging the ball about a fair bit yesterday. Certainly more than he has been. Recently, he's been quite quiet the last half and half dozen or so matches. But I thought he played, he played really well and probably played exactly how Paul Cook wants his central mid, central midfield two to play. I was going to say because Dizel, I think, featured a lot more and, and was more prominent as well. A better game from him yesterday. He used it. Cook's used that a lot. That those two is is that going to be your first choice if you're Paul Cook um, starting midfield pair next season as well? I I personally, well, I don't know. That's the thing about. Andre, I'd say having just said a vote from his player of the player of the year, I just I'm just got a sneaking suspicion he wants another carbon copy of Fling Downs in there, really, if he can if he can get it, just to have a bit of solidity there. Okay. I think yeah, I think the only thing I'd say against that is that if Flynn Downs is still here at the start of next season and if he is fit and flying, you almost don't need that second destroyer because at this level he should be able to carry that weight on his own and with the fullbacks pushing on the way that Dizel can pass the ball, it, it, it does just move us around quicker. But I think you'd, you'd expect those two to be sort of two of a four and 
there's going to be real competition to places like you said about Norwood. You, you Cook can't hang his hat on him, so we're going to need to go out and sign a frontline goal scorer to play that role. But if Norwood comes back fit, firing, and ready, who would back against him being the one that stays in the team and the new signing not being able to displace him because he is at this level, he's a very, very good striker and he will score you goals. And doesn't it like it'll be Caden Jackson who was nowhere to be seen yesterday? No. Let's go on to the question very quickly. We've had one on the email. Um, so thank you to FBL Tractor who was reading our last tweet before the social media blackout. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I said we'd all read far too much into these final few lineups, but the starting 11 yesterday, with the exception of McGuinness, looked like those most likely to be here next season. Um, to me, do you agree? Um, Craig, do you want me to uh, put the team back up for you? And give us your thoughts on that. I mean, um, of, apart from Gwion Edwards, maybe who's question marks about whether he sticks around. Yeah, I I I no one's out of contract, are they? No, exactly. Well, I don't say as we said at the goalkeeper. I can't imagine Cornell. Cornell will be on the bench if he's if they get rid of Holy or vice versa. Um, as Joe said, Bishop and Edwards. Edwards, I I can't see him staying. I think he hasn't produced enough. You know, Paul Cook said, I think in his pre-match. Um, interview maybe post-match sorry about him needing those attacking if you're an attacking player in his team you need to be scoring goals or creating goals and he, he just places so much emphasis on those attacking midfield three if you like and Edwards despite having an awful lot of chances he's only playing them because we haven't got anybody else really you know Keenan Bennett's coming on and choosing the wrong option every single time he has the ball um Dobra was a little bit frantic yesterday. I think probably you know too eager to to try and please. Um, Bishop's a funny one, isn't he? Bishop's Bishop's the one again. Does he score enough and create enough in that number ten position to to warrant a start? I don't know. I don't think he's played. I don't think he's played there enough to properly judge him. I think he's I think he's done enough to deserve another year effectively here. And it's just whether we can get that deal done with him or whether he has a better offer from elsewhere but I, I think I, I think I'd back him if, if he had a full season playing in that 10 role the way he can I know he won the penalty yesterday but he should be able to win six seven eight penalties a season the way he's so quick with the ball at his feet in and around the box he gets in on that chance but I'd back him to score 10 goals if he played as a 10 for a whole season so if he wins if he wins six seven or eight penalties Norwood will score at least two of those <laughs> yeah that's three goals um Jason, we'll end up with this one from Jason because that's it is the last question. I might need some help translating this one, guys, because um, I've I've read it a few times and I'm not quite translated what Jason's asking here. Um, Debenham's Ipswich is a baseline for my new sporting index. Um, as long as it doesn't steal my money like football index, then that's fine with me. You have a choice. You can keep Debenham's open or James Norwood at Ipswich. One or the other, which is it to be? Like, I mean, I, you can translate that question however you want. I can't really answer it myself. As an, as an Ipswich resident, I do feel that the high street does need Debenhams in there. But I'm hopeful that James Norwood can get his 25 goals next season and push us back into the championship and at the top end. And at that point, the retailers will be falling over themselves to get, get back on the high street as the town flies back up the cost of living indexes and all that stuff. So it's it's Norwood for me. And I've, I've already cleared Debenhams out of... Six pound, buy one, get one free, main jumpers and nice. the lights. Joe Smart, casual look, sorted for the next year. Um, Craig, are you saving Ipswich Debenhams, which I don't know whether that has any sentimental value for you, even though you don't live in Ipswich anymore, um, or are you keeping Norwood? I'll keep it, I'll keep a fit Norwood and get 
get my perfume pants and Le Creuset kitchenware from in the same in the same shop from somewhere else. Okay, there you go, Jason. I hope that answered your question. Um, <laughs> thank you for asking it, and thank you for everyone else who um, sought us out and emailed us and what have you um, this weekend. You can obviously tell it's a bit of a different one for us. That's your uh, that's your lot in terms of Ipswich. I was just going to put the league table up. Um, we have, I guess, we have to say first and foremost. Congratulations to Peterborough on promotion, albeit, and I need to just, for those of you watching on YouTube, the most tin pot rubbish penalty decision uh, ever. It was what horrible. an absolute disgrace. Oh, should have been booked for diving. So would you, what, would you, what would you rather see, that or VAR looking at that penalty for five minutes and then deciding still that giving it, it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, so congratulations to Peter. To be fair, we've been knocking on the door for quite a while. Um, a good attacking team. Maybe kind of slumped over the line a little bit, but a, a good draw for them coming from behind to get very well, A very well-run club. I think, they, yeah, I, think exactly they, right. I think they deserve it. And coming from three behind against Lincoln, who are there or thereabouts as well, is, is no mean feat. Um, elsewhere, Portsmouth... Um, getting in there and trying to steal that sixth playoff spot, beating Wimbledon, um, Charlton drawing with Accrington, um, keeping them a little bit adrift. Um, elsewhere, what else have we got? Um, Hull beating Wigan, Hull already up. Um, uh, Sunderland beating Plymouth, so Sunderland are a good bet. Um, and Blackpool as well, who, I, who beat Northampton. Um, they're probably looking all right. I'm trying to find Oxford in the mix. Um, they beat Shrewsbury, who we play on Tuesday. Um, but there's the league table. Um, Hull, Peterborough, up automatic. Sunderland, Lincoln, Blackpool. Portsmouth currently in the playoff positions. Um, Rochdale, Northampton, Swindon, Bristol Rovers. Um, it looks like are oh, is, are they down? Are the sofa yeah. score tables. Yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all down. They're all gone. They? They're yeah. all gone. So yeah, no business at the bottom. But playoffs are those your, are those your playoff four guys? Or is someone going to make a last? We'll be interested to see this. I think Charlton play Lincoln on Tuesday. So if Charlton win that, they they're sort of within one point of it. So it'd be, it'd be yeah, interesting think, to see. But I think there'll be a few bits to play for there. I think they've all they're all at home, aren't they? Last game of the season. I think Charlton have got Hull at home. Um, Oxford have got Burton and Portsmouth have got Accrington, maybe, or the other way around. So you know, you'd think that they'd probably stay where they are. I would have thought. If I'd done some prep, I'd have thought about that, but. No, no one kind cares. Of, no one, no one cares. Cares. Fan base cares. If you're still listening as well, thanks for hanging around because it's well over an hour and the guys are looking like they want to stop. So I'm I'm not going to drag this out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stick the plugs along the bottom where you can find us on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook and all those fun places. Um, on Tuesday night, Ben and Seb, I think it is, are back for the last live match reaction show of the season against Shrewsbury. Um, guys, where can we find you on Twitter and where can... And, and what's your prediction for Shrewsbury? Oh, Craig, I'll start with you. Where can we find um, you on Twitter? Twi- well, from... from Is it midnight, Monday night? On Monday, we're yeah. We're a little loud back on to vent our spleens. Fims, 75, I am at. And I don't really care about Tuesday. I'm not. I'm going to be at goalkeeper training, so I won't even bother watching. For you or one of your... <laughs> no, yeah, see, see, I, I can't even speak to my mate Carl because he'll be at uh, he'll be at Shrewsbury, won't he, on the, for the night? But two uh, 0 we'll win. And Joe, where can we find you and um, prediction for Tuesday? Yeah, at Joe Fairs on Twitter, and I'd, I'd I'd like to see us get another win on Tuesday. I'd like to see James Norwood score another goal or two, and I think if if we can get another win there, if we, I, I know it, the season's dead and none of this matters, but if if we could. 
if Cook could pick up two or three wins at the end of the season with some good fullback play and some decent bits like that, I think I think we'll all go into the summer in a better mood. So hopefully we can get another win on Tuesday. Here's to that. Um, and just a final plug for if you're kind of feeling sentimental, um, Mikey's interview with Matt Holland going through the 2000-2001 Premier League season where we finished fifth um, and beat Liverpool when we drew with Man United and we drew with Arsenal and we smashed Spurs and all that good stuff before we became a little bit tin pot 20 years later. Well worth Relegated Man City. Relegated Man City. There you go. With Matt Holland scoring one of the goals. A diving header. A diving header. There you go. It's all come full circle. Brilliant. It's oh, almost... was it? No, that wasn't a diving header, that one, was it? No. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a right-footed no, shot, yeah. Damn it, Joe. You're thinking of the Sunderland diving header that we put the goal up for. Yeah. Um, but that is that is your lot. We're, we're going to leave it there. Who wants to have the final word? I mean, it's got to be something line of duty related, isn't it? Is, is someone going to do a Ted Hastings, Jesus, Mary, Joseph and the we baby donkey. Was it? I didn't come up the Liffey in the last bubble. Was it? Was that one at one point? I can't remember. Go on, Craig. Give us give us something no, to no, you. Hey, as I said before, mate, you're the you're the Mike Yard of the three of us. It's all on you. Bent coppers. No, I can't end with that, can I? Jesus, <laughs> no. Mary, Joseph, and the wee donkey. Thanks for watching. Good night, everyone. Thanks for watching the Blue Monday podcast, and thanks to those who donated via Acast or on YouTube. You can find Blue Monday at the following locations. or on YouTube, Twitter and Instagram and anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 